was rolling wheels and shifting gears around that Jersey Turnpike. Barney stopped me with his gun ten minutes after midnight. Said, sir, you broke the limit in this rusty old truck. I don't know about that accent, son. This where did you come from? I said, where I come from? It's cornbread and chicken. Where I come from? A lot of front porch sitting. Where I come from? Trying to make a living and working hard to get to heaven. Where I come from? I south of Detroit City, pulled in this country kitchen. Try their brand of barbecue, signs it finger licking. I paid the tab and the lady asked me how'd I like my biscuit. I'll be honest with you, ma'am, it ain't like mama fixed it. Cause where I come from, it's cornbread and chicken. Where I come from, a lot of front porch picking. Where I come from, trying to make a living and working hard to get to heaven. Where I come from. I was chasing sun on 101 somewhere around Ventura. And I lost the universal joint and I had to use my finger. This tall lady stopped and asked if I had plans for dinner. Said, no thanks, ma'am, back home we like the girls that sing soprano. Cause where I come from, it's cornbread and chicken. Where I come from, a lot of front porch sitting. Where I come from, trying to make a living and working hard to get to heaven. Where I come from American music right there American <laughs> stuff American American there you go. that's my boy Alan Jackson where <laughs> I come from cornbread and chicken working hard to get to heaven we like boys that sing soprano <laughs> oh, right yes we got it <laughs> I love that oh, of course uh, you do 807 hey you gotta put a little sunshine on a day like this oh my goodness yes you're right we need some energy yeah. something upbeat it was raining they, down yeah. the house got <laughs> yeah. up to the studio and yeah, yeah, Spit all of a sudden snow. stuff is pinging yep. off the windshield, yeah. and that was not a good thing. See, that's what I told you yesterday. Schmutz. We were getting schmutz. No, 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 no. What you said yesterday was we were going to have like a tenth of an inch of some sort of yeah. ice ICC kind of something, and then the following day was going to be bleh. That was black, your prediction. Black, black, oh, black. black. Sorry, I did. I misquoted. B l e c h. Black. Okay. Black. All right. I thought it was B l a h. I'm so sorry. Uh, okay. This is radio. Well, Spell you were right. right then. That was accurate. Yeah. There you go. Okay. I'm confused. Yeah, I know. Okay. Good. But it's okay. It works for you. Okay. Um, Wall Street is is happy today. Okay. I know. All right. Because apparently NATO leaders are getting together. Uh-huh. And they're like, okay, this is a good sign. Yeah. And we need it because yesterday we lost um, 448 points. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, but for the five day, we had been up almost 1%. Uh, for the month, we had been up 3.5%. Okay. So we're, you know, it was yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but it kind of, that one hurt. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we will see. But, uh, and apparently, uh, uh, who was it? Lithuania. Little Lithuania. <laughs> yes, when you don't hear from often. Well, yeah, I know, I know. Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia. The three little... Okay. Um, Lithuania um, said, 
You know, we defend the Taiwanese right to the island of Taiwan. China should not go in and mess with them. You do, you got to answer to us. Yeah, I know, I'm thinking, I'm not sure that strikes fear okay. into the heart of, yeah. You know, here's this little oh, okay. four foot nine inch kid going. <laughs> I was going to say, right it's like, here. It's like the two year old. You don't mess with my big brother. I'll get you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like my, my youngest son. He was a oh, great kid, great yeah. kid, but he was a string bean when he was growing up. <laughs> yep. And his older brother, mm-hmm. um, rugged. Yes. Kind of like the old man, you know, solid. Yes, okay. absolutely. And, and, the, the young one, if there was a piece of lint on the floor, he'd trip over it. Okay? <laughs> okay and it was just yeah. one of those things. Yeah. And every once in a while, he would take this god-awful position. He'd want to get medieval. Yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, older brother and, and dad are standing there. And all of a sudden, he would square his body up. <laughs> this little string bean. Yes. Stand there and go, mess with me and I'll seal your fate. <laughs> we're like, what? Are you kidding me with this? You, you got guts, kid. I'll give you that. <laughs> Bravado will take you a far oh, away. Man. But, oh, but awesome. now yeah. he's a tall string bean yeah. and an attorney. Okay. Who's going to mess with him now? Well, you know? see, yeah, he's got some might of a different sort. Well, now, that's it. Does he still trip over a piece of lint? That was a great description. Well, no, piece of lint on the floor. No, actually, he, he uh, morphed into a decent a uh, really decent cross-country runner um hmm. yeah i don't know he was in college okay. uh, he was uh, one of the star cross-country runners nice that was very good okay uh, and that's i'd say uh you know what are you doing today after uh after class uh, i just I gotta go run oh how far are you gonna go i don't know probably 10 miles I'm like, really? Of course you are. And to yes. him, that's just a little jaunt around the park. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, oh, okay. So, yeah, he grew into the attitude. Okay. But, the, uh, yeah, I can <laughs> still remember. The attitude is cute that, as that, a little. That little thing, just <laughs> mess with me and I'll seal your fate. Love it. And uh, we watched an old Chuck Norris movie at one time. It's called Invasion USA. Terrible movie. Okay. But if you like Chuck Norris, it's Chuck Norris, you know, elkabonging everybody. And there was one scene in the movie where uh, he's beaten up on somebody and bad guy, another bad guy comes in. Chuck Norris turns around and looks at him and goes, you come in this room, I'm going to hit you with so many lefts, you'll beg for a right. <laughs> and Justin heard that line. Yeah. And he would, and again, little string bean sure. would sit there and I'd say, hey, uh, okay, you got to do the dishes, okay, because yeah. we're doing this. You come in here. I'm going to hit with so many lifts, you'll beg for a right. <laughs> I love it. And it's like, there's the attitude. Oh, I love it. I would have died laughing. Uh, I would have been like, okay, Well, we had fine. to. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I forgot oh, why I was gosh. yelling at him. Right. And I'm like, oh, yes. okay, you diffuse the whole thing. Nice. Okay, now I understand why he's an attorney. Yes. Look over here. See? <laughs> you know? Perfect. It was yeah. perfect training. Yeah. Yeah, my kids have learned if they're funny enough, yeah. they can pretty much get out of anything that I have to, yeah. to deal out. Well, my, oh gosh! Now, now, now I'm I'm regressing going to my childhood oh, uh, because I wasn't always a good-natured guy. Wait, what? I, I know. Newsflash. Note, note to that self. Down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and my grandmother uh, was four <laughs> four foot eleven. Yep. Okay. A little sawed off thing. Hard as sawed big, off. Big, big, big as all outdoors. <laughs> of course. And we got into some fracas about something, and. You know, I'm 6'2", mm-hmm. and I'm looking down on 4'11", <laughs> and she put her hand on my chest, yep. pushed me up next to the refrigerator. Yep. She said, I can hold you here till you starve to death. 
And I'm looking down at her. I'm like, <laughs> You're like seriously? Really? Yeah. And I just broke out laughing. And all of a sudden, she realized the absurdity. And she went, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have done this. Yeah. And it just, but when you can look at something like that, yes. you obviously haven't gone so far. Yep. That you're going, oh my God, I'm committed to this now. I have right, to stay here. Right. Now you can realize the absurdity. Yes. And just go, okay, come on, yeah. let's go. And bang. See, enough humor almost yeah. fixes everything. It really yeah. does. Mm. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> wow. A13 is the time. Um, I, I was looking at a couple of stories uh, this morning, and Sean had talked about the, uh, from Davis Wealth Management, talked about. Uh, quitting your job, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And somebody, um, a personnel person, said, before you quit your job uh, in the great resignation, uh, he said, you probably, you should be sure you're leaving for something, mm-hmm. not just leaving from something. And he said, try and reinvent yourself before you leave. Yeah. And, and I said, but it's so true. Right. Um, people abandon their thing without doing the work to understand what gives them meaning, what gives them satisfaction. So they just leave because I really hate her. Mm-hmm. And then you go to another job, but you haven't addressed what it is. You, did you just not like her? She was in a, a leadership position. You rejected the lead. What, what? Right. So now you just shifted from one bad thing to another. Right. Which might be worse because right. you didn't do the, the legwork. Right. right. And I just said, it's so true. People just get caught up and I want to leave. Again, it's the humor, you know, you're committed. I've got to go. I hate her. I hate going to work. I'm not sleeping. You know, sorry. I, why do you keep pointing at me? Because Matt's really not kind here. Of, okay, you're okay? kind of disturbing me yeah, here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it strikes me as odd that that's something that people have to write down and, and think about. I mean, isn't that kind of understood? It, but, you, generations but when you're ago, so close to it, well, yeah. you don't see it. You're caught up in the... I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Not because I yeah. want a job that gives me X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I got to get out of here because I hate him or her. Yeah. You're so focused on the yeah, escape that yeah, you're not thinking yeah. about what's to come. Okay. And, and uh, a wise man once told me something very simple. Uh, those who know how will always have a job. Those who know why will always be their boss. Oh, wow. Ponder okay. that for a few it, minutes. It's so yeah. true. Yep. If all if you know how to do this mechanical job or sure. this writing job, or what that you will always have a job. Sure. But if you know why yeah. that job is important and what place, you will be the boss. Oh, Some people don't make sure. that adjustment. Simple thing. You are dropping some wisdom on us this morning. Hey, I don't always follow it, but I hear it. No, but it's good to have it dispersed. Thank you. Those who know how will always have a job. Those who know why will always be their boss. Hmm. Simple, Hmm. but it's not that simple. Yeah. Think about that. I'm going to think about that. 816. We'll take a break. Back with more. Hey, the roof is leaking and the rain's falling on my head. It won't stop. I need a mile. I cry so hard, tear drops on my bed. Drivity drop, yeah. She packed up a bag, said she moved out on a midnight train. She got no brain. She packed up a bag, and she moved out on a midnight train. The girl's insane. She took my heart, tears rolled. 
Grease. I Dion. love it. Drip drop. Yeah. Every once in a while, you mm-hmm. choose music that I then have to go put on the Genie mixtape. Isn't that? It's Dion. I love that. It, it was, Never heard it before. It used to be Dion and the Belmonts, but he ditched okay. the Belmonts. The yeah. Belmonts, they were a doo-wop group okay. singing on the street corners of Belmont Avenue in yeah, New yeah. York. That's okay. why they were Dion and the Belmonts. He ditched the Belmonts, and the record company went, Dion, you're great. And he went in the studio, and I think it was the uh, Satins or the Five Satins that were backing him yeah. uh, on that one. Well, still with the doo-wop sound, huh. but they just brought him into the studio and backed him on it. But, yeah. It's so funny. The and they're dressed like Mr. Rogers or something. I mean. Yeah, the roof is leaking. And, I was very mop, cute. Drip, it's drop, just a cute drip, little. Yeah. yeah. It's doo-wop That's music. Yeah. yeah. But there it's you very go. cool stuff. Nice choice. Well, it seemed appropriate today. It sure does. Yeah. yeah. It is dripping, dropping, snowing, sleeting. Uh, a little bit of schmutz, mm-hmm. I'd say. Mm-hmm. So, um, you, you, you're not paying any attention to... No. Okay, I didn't think you would. Oh. March Madness. Oh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm vaguely aware that it is occurring. Um, there's there's one Cinderella team right now uh, that's uh, just came out of nowhere, uh, St. Peter's, um, and they're rocking the house, and people are like, who are these guys? Mm-hmm. It's the Cinderella story. It's not one of the college powerhouses. And the line th- that they were using to describe it um, said they're probably the team that is most captivated in America right now simply because they've literally come out of nowhere. Now, okay, now they, I know, I know. <sighs> but you know how my mind works, okay? I, I'm stuck on the literally. Okay, uh, go okay. ahead. Oh, literally? Literally. You cannot... Literally, Say li- come literally. from nowhere. Oh, I no! Think... You can't come from nowhere. When people say that is my, uh, it is one of my pet peeves. Okay. Okay. People will say, you know, I my mind was literally blown. No, it wasn't. Because if so, you wouldn't be able to speak right now. Literally means actually. So you cannot literally come out of nowhere because you had to come out of somewhere. You came from somewhere. It's not literally. I'm almost done. I, it, it, We're until you, 10. Take your got, time. <laughs> I'm fascinated. You've got to be on that same page. People say literally all the time when all they're trying to do is add emphasis to what they're saying, don't choose the word literally. Literally means... Literally. Literally. Fine. You say Thank it you. and we can, <laughs> we can argue about the pronunciation. I'm fine with that. Use the concept correctly. I hate when people say kitchery. Kittery. It's kittery. Kittery. I don't like realtor. And I Real, hit, when people say realtor, there's yeah. no extra E or A in there. It's realtor. Or realtor. Scallops. They're scallops. No, they're scallops. Oh, no. They're scallops. That doesn't make it. That's like caramel I, and caramel. I know. I know. I know. Anyway, that's not a. Okay. I was reading that. They said they literally <sighs> came. Okay. But mm-hmm. now, the way my mind works, yeah. I'm flashing back. I'm going back to the 80s. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. Um, Monday Night Football. Yeah. Howard Cosell. Yeah. Howard Cosell. <laughs> Dandy Don Meredith doing Monday Night Football. Okay. And the game was Denver Broncos and somebody. I don't remember who it was. And the running back for the Denver Broncos um, did this great cut. Open field. He's gone. And Cosell... Um, said, what a great run from that little man. He came from nowhere. 
<laughs> and John Meredith said, no, Howard, it's not true. He actually came from Plymouth State College in New Hampshire. Cosell said, as I said, <gasps> he came from nowhere. Oh, no. <laughs> and the governor of the state of New Hampshire yeah. jumped animal. Oh, I bet. He wanted an apology <laughs> from Howard Cosell. And the player in question yeah. was Joe Dudek from Plymouth State College, okay. uh, who uh, was a standout. And he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as their choice for the Heisman Trophy winner for that year in college football. Mm -hmm. He did not get it. Okay. Um, but he broke Walter Payton's, uh, Walter Payton's NCAA career touchdown record with 79 touchdowns, more than any other college football player at any level. Wow. That was Joe Dudek. Wow. But wow. Cosell, uh, Cosell said he oh. came from nowhere. Oh, dear. And John Meredith corrected. I, mean, I was watching the game. Yeah. And and because I did classes at Plymouth State. Sure. You know? Um, sure. And I'm like, oh, no, it's, no, he came. No, Howard, he came from Plymouth State College in New Hampshire. As I said, he came from nowhere. Wow. And the governor heard it, and the governor just went ballistic. That's interesting. And, oh, yeah, he wanted a written apology and blah, 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 blah. And he got squat. Cosell did not back down at all. But, yeah, that was the... Uh, that was the, the big hoo-ha. Whenever somebody says he came from nowhere, there's my New Hampshire piece of history. Yeah, That Howard Cosell threw us under it the bus. Taps you yeah, right into yeah. that. Oh, I and love it. And it was, it was Joe Duduck. Wow. Uh, in the college standout. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Wow. He came from nowhere. No, Howard, he came from New Hampshire. As I said, he came from nowhere. <laughs> Ooh, ow! Yeah, that hurts. So at that point, were you literally yeah. laughing your head off? I literally off? was, yes. La literally, literally laughing literally. your head off. Your yeah. head fell off your shoulders, rolled across the floor. Mm. That would be literally laughing your head off. Oh, my God. I do remember that. <clears throat> and uh, see... Why do I waste my brain cells on remembering <laughs> stuff like that? Because it's way better than what your brain cells could be focused on right now. I suppose that's true. I suppose Other that's true. wars and, yeah, hey, Howard, strife. Howard Cosell was funny. Yeah. Um, it was uh, one of his quotes. Arrogant, pompous, obnoxious, vain, cruel, verbose, a show-off. I have been called all of these. Of course I am. <laughs> okay yeah you, know. you gotta embrace he, he was certainly he full of personality yeah oh he owns I suppose. it yeah. yeah but uh yeah he never <laughs> the governor never uh, got the uh apology from uh, and i'm sure governor thompson was very upset about that mm -hmm. oh dear <laughs> 828 is the time why do I remember this stuff? I don't know, but it makes for good stories. Okay, well, so yeah, no, we like it. We like where your brain goes. Well, not as a blanket statement. Occasionally, mm-hmm. Okay, you dazzle us with good stories. Can we take a break now? Um, I'll allow it. Okay, hmm. we'll do it. Okay, she said so. Yep.
<laughs> you know, that album was the only good album they did, Astro Lounge. It was a great album. Um, there were like three or four hits on that album. And then they kind of went away. Yeah, you don't hear about them. No, it was too bad. It was a it was a fun, retro yeah. kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Really was little energy there. Yeah, literally, it was a great album. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It literally was. Um, Madeline Albright, uh, first female Secretary of State, mm-hmm. passed away yeah. yesterday, eighty-four years old, um, and and she must have known she was getting ready to check out. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, she did an op-ed piece, and it was the um, final scathing op-ed of her life. And she mocked Vladimir Putin as a small, pale, and almost reptilian character. There you go. I know. Go on right. on a high uh-huh. note, girl. <laughs> yep. So far, we're with you. What's he going to do now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hit you. You know? Yeah. It's over. Yeah. And she got the final word. Uh, classy lady. And, I mean, uh, her story was, I mean, uh, parents uh, fled Nazi Germany mm. um, when she was just a, a youth. Um, and, and fled communism, you know, one step ahead of all the way and uh, represented America very well and was a role model for many and uh, um, class, class individual. But, yeah, I, I saw that and your last, your last public pronouncement, mm-hmm. a small, pale, and almost reptilian character. I love it. Ah, yeah. man. Yep. There you go. That's going to stick in his craw. You got nowhere. You can't (laughs) say a thing, can you? What are you going to do now? She got the last word. Yeah, she did. Ouch, that's got a sting. So I thought that was, yeah, you know. Yeah. If you you know you're going to go out, go out on a high note. (laughs) It gives you some freedom, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It really does. Um, We were talking about this off the air. Um, Yesterday morning, we uh, were treated to a rare uh, occasion. We had two U.S. Marshals on with us, mm-hmm. um, Brandon Wilson and uh, Jeff White. And I was saying to, to Jeannie off the air, it's like, why are they riding shotgun fighting over who's going to get the coffee? <laughs> and Brandon sitting in the back seat going, cream one sugar, please. <laughs> it's like, really? I don't think you need to make him sound like he was in a booster seat. Uh, well, yeah, it's like, come on. <laughs> I mean, just the supervisor. Yeah. It's like, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what Do I'm you want to go up in this to? job? Yeah. You know? Anyway. Yeah. So I was like, okay, why Why are these guys together? They're usually, you know. Mm-hmm. One or the other. Yep. So um, about an hour after we got off the air, boom, I got a text. After two and a half years on the lam, U.S. Marshals arrest North Carolina fugitive. I went, okay. U.S. Marshals, happy to announce the arrest of Almance. Uh, fugitive Stephen Brian Cottle, Almance County, North Carolina. 45 years of age, last known to reside in Liberty, North Carolina. Uh, sought an arrest warrant issued by the county court August 14, 2019 for probation violations alleging he had absconded from supervision. On supervision due to conviction and sentence for assault with a deadly weapon inflicting serious bodily injury. Apparently, uh, the case was reported to be a stabbing involving a family member during an altercation. He was aware of the outstanding arrest warrant. He fled North Carolina. So the case was referred to the U.S. Marshals, uh, who were able to develop information that Cottle was possibly residing in Henniker, New Hampshire. The information was forwarded to the U.S. Marshals, New Hampshire Joint Fugitive Task Force, able to determine that he was residing in an apartment on Rush Street in Henniker. And yesterday morning, 
Members of the U.S. Marshals Joint Fugitive Task Force with the assistance of Hanneker PD were able to locate and arrest Cottle hiding next to a bed inside the apartment on Rush Street. He was arrested without incident, transported to Hanneker PD for processing as a fugitive from justice on the outstanding county warrant. Going to be held at Merrimack County Jail pending the initial court appearance. Uh, likely be held without bail pending his return to uh, North Carolina. So there you go. Since they started the uh, Joint Fugitive Task Force, they have resulted in the U.S. Marshals New Hampshire have resulted 8,542 arrests. Wow. Nice job. Okay. And th that is updated as of December 31st last year. Mm. So we've got okay. a few others. Yeah, sure. But since 2002, 8,542 arrests. That's fantastic. For murder, assault, unregistered sex offenders, probation, parole violations, numerous others. Wow. Impressive. Wow. Wow. Yep. And, and I got to tell you, um, uh, one of the things I'm most proud of having worked on the air with these guys, um, I was with them at the inception of this program. Yes, you were. And uh, working with Steve Monier, uh, who was the U.S. Marshal at the time, um, Steve called me and said, hey, you know, I got this idea. And we said, okay. We started talking about it and said, yeah, you know, I think it would work. Let's, let's, let's run with it and see what happened. All these years later, the thing is still going, and it has resulted in significant amount of captures. So now I'm thinking maybe I understand why Jeff and Brandon were driving around yesterday morning. Maybe we were, um, you know, in the in the car with them while they were casing the place down in Henniker. But anyway, congratulations to the uh, U.S. Marshals for another capture. 8.40 is the time. We'll take a, a quick break, and we're going to be back with more. We're going to talk, oh, we're going to talk cats. We're going to talk cats. Oh, I love that. We'll be back right after this. My tail in the air. Straight cats, John, I'm a I'm a feeling Casanova. Hey, man, that's Okay, you dancing, Carrie? You, you liking that one? Oh, yes. Your your music always makes me smile. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was either that or Cat Scratch Fever. We weren't sure which way we were going. <laughs> Good morning. How Good are you? Carrie's back with us from the Upper Valley Humane Society on Old Route 10 up in Enfield. You're getting snow or rain up there? Oh, freezing rain. Okay, mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yep, it, it was, looks like it might have turned to snow now, actually. Yeah, it's, it was sleet, raining here, then sleeting, then snowing, and now it's back to uh, maybe freezing rain. Kind of. It's because we're all ready for spring. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Just, you know, she plays games with us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Every time you think, this is it, this is it, she breaks our heart. I know. True. But <laughs> it is true. So um, how, how, are you, how are you doing for inventory? You got more cats and pups than, than you'd like right now? No, we're still pretty low. Okay. Um, still pretty low on animals. So um, I decided to feature one of our really shy cats this week because um, some of them we've already featured. But um, So we're kind of low on, on inventory, but, but we have this cat named Ebony. I, a few... Um, a few weeks ago, or, or maybe longer than that now, we, we were talking about spirit cats, cats that they're under-socialized or they just... They prefer to be around other cats. 
Um, so she's one of those where she she needs a little bit more time to settle in, and things are kind of scary to her, and including people. Hmm. So now, how do you, how do you how do you cor- well not correct that but modify that behavior? Well, what we do is we just go really slowly and try to kind of coax her coax her to come out because she really hides in her little cat bed right now but people have been able to coax her out and they they actually have been able to do some petting so she's kind of i think she's coming around you know she's she's not um she's not aggressive or anything she's just a little scared so so we're working hard on earning her trust that's what it is we're earning her trust do we have any idea how old ebony might be we believe she's about a year old. Okay, okay. But she did live outside most of her life, so we're not, you know, we're not sure exactly what life was like. But we do know we've learned that she likes other cats. She's made friends with um, another cat that that's in the same room with her, and um, we had um, we had a featured a cat a, a little while ago named Claus. <laughs> Jeannie will remember this Claus, yes. like Santa Claus. Yes. So he got adopted with another cat, and I just heard the other day that it took him about three weeks to sort of come out of hiding, but now he's coming around and he's settling in and, mm-hmm. and you know, laying down, mm-hmm. you know, next to people to think. So, see, it just takes more time with these kind of cats. You know, they're not just going to immediately think, oh, I'm home, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, but um, so it just takes more time and, and patience, a lot of patience, but... But, you know, Ebony, she's really beautiful. She's a black cat. I went and um, and was talking to her yesterday, and she was, you know, her little head was peeking out of her, her cat bed, and <laughs> she's very cute, and she, she's got this look about her. She's very, she was very curious about me. <laughs> now, it's a great yeah. picture uh, that I, uh, we have it up on our website. You can eyeball oh, yeah. uh, Ebony, uh, to go to WNTK, the Facebook page. Um, is there any... Any splash of color, or is, is Ebony all black? Well, from what I can tell, I think she's all black. Okay. Mm, she's a pretty um, kitty. Yeah, I know. It's funny. I haven't seen her whole body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. And, you know, we have she's in a room with two other black cats. Um, they, the other two are brothers, Hershey and Little B, and they have, like, some white kind of marks, like, within their fur. It's really cool, but... Um, little B has been kind of sneaking up into her little little bed with her, and she's she. I think she likes him. She's she's a little wary, but she seems to like him. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. So, so if somebody yeah. already has a cat at home, that would be preferential. Yes. Yep. I already has a cat at home that needs a friend, or they could certainly adopt two from us. That's that but yeah, yeah. She. she she absolutely needs to be with another cat okay. or, or two, but she loves the companionship. Um, so a nice, quiet home, not, not a lot of commotion for a cat like this, and um, definitely some feline friends. Probably hates the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> oh, I bet. Well, of course, mine do, too. I think all cats. Universal all cats. cats. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. So if somebody wants to uh, swing by, uh, you are open when? We're actually open by adoption uh, by appointment only at the moment, okay. but all they have to do is call us at 603-448-6888, and we can set up an appointment to come in and do a meet and greet. Oh, there you go. All right. Uh, yeah. 603-448-6888 up on old Route 10 in Enfield, and say, yeah, I heard you talking about Ebony. I, I, I want to see Ebony. So there you go. 
Simple as that. There you go. All right. Uh, how are you doing for uh, pups? Well, we have a we just have a couple. It's it's so weird. Wow. Um, it's just a slow time at the moment. Um, which you know that's I guess it's a good problem. But we right. have four four up for adoption. Wow. And I think you guys have heard us talk about each one, but they're kind of I'm stuck here at the moment. But oh. we've got Shelby, who we talked about last week, and we've got we've got Mama, Lola, and Tank. Remember Tank? Tank. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Wow. So these guys have been here a while. They they definitely need homes. They're all really wonderful dogs. They just have some quirks, you know, like um, Lola can't be around other dogs, that kind of thing. Yeah. But they're really wonderful. <laughs> yep, for just the right situation, it's a perfect fit. And, and I know yeah. I know I've probably yep. asked you, and, and, and I apologize for re-asking, but um, does this stuff come seasonal, like people... Uh, with good intentions, got somebody, a cat or a dog for Christmas, and then about three months into it, they realized this is more than we can handle, and they decide to put it up for adoption? Not usually. Okay, um, good. But what I what I do know is the summertime is our absolute busiest time of the year. Um, we usually have a lot of animal, animals in the summer, and I think people look for animals in the summer too. But summer is definitely busy around here. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, interesting. I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, right. interesting. Right. I know. I don't. I'm not sure why, but yeah. it's very. It's always very busy. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully the phone will ring off the hook for appointments for Ebony or and maybe Ebony's friend. Yeah. You know who knows? Yeah. yeah. All right. That sounds yeah. good. Well, Carrie, thanks. We'll, we'll circle back and check with you down the road. Wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. See Thanks. ya. Okay. Bye. Uh, Bye. Carrie at the Upper Valley Humane Society, Old Route 10 in Enfield, uh, 603-448-6888 um, is the number. If you'd like to set up an appointment, go see It's pretty cat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just not a cat guy. I'm a dog guy. Right. So, right. And you've you know. probably got your hands full with your two. You, you do not have tiny dogs. I have two-story dogs. Two story. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You okay. have a one story dog. I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, um, they'll swab their bowls, and then when I sit down to eat, they just sit at the chair, looking, staring at yeah. you, hey, going, "Hey, do yeah. I stare at you while you eat?" Get well, you away. know, they're staring at you because they're used to you making them chicken liver and frying things. Up. I mean, anybody that's cooking, yeah, for but their I don't dogs. feed them from my dish. I'm not training them that's to follow only, me. That's the next step, my friend. Not I'm a telling prayer. you. Not oh, you're a gonna, prayer. Here, here comes Peter St. James. He's going to get one of those little front packs, like a backpack, but a front pack to have his dogs go do errands with him. <laughs> no. Peter walking down no, the what street. what I do. Going to the store. If you and I were sitting there eating, uh-huh. and the dogs were sitting there yep. looking at me, yeah. I say, Jeannie, could could you pass me that? You'd reach over and pass. I'd take something off your off plate. Off my plate, and, and they'd have the it. Dogs, train nice. them to look at you yes. and not me. Yeah, your your dogs are trained all right. That's right. Yeah. We're done? Okay. All right. Um, so if you uh, want to call Carrie, you can do that. Yeah. Yep. E- excellent. Um, yeah, I saw a story on WMUR. A couple of stories that just, uh, one of them, somebody was stealing a puppy. <laughs> uh, I think they were taking it from a, a pet shop. Oh. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. And then I saw... Uh, Hillsborough police um, looking for somebody who stole a tip jar. Oh, my goodness. Um, Wednesday, it happened yesterday at Katz Country Store um, on Route 9. A suspect was seen driving away in a dark blue Chrysler Grand Voyager. Isn't that a minivan? Yeah, yeah I okay. think so. Uh, on Route 9, heading towards Henniker. Uh, the vehicle is believed to have a tow hitch and New Hampshire license plates. The video purportedly showed the suspect had a tattoo on his right hand. 
It's like how taking lo- a tip jar. How long yeah, do you have to be to take a tip low. jar? Yep. You know, yep. pe- people are counting on those right to augment the minimum wage or whatever it is they're yeah, making. It's they're like doing. seriously. Yep. Yep. You know, I'm sure you're you know having a hard time, you know, getting gas in the minivan, but still, <laughs> that's there are other ways. Yeah, that's yeah. that's just wrong. No, no. And stealing a puppy. Oh my goodness. You know, I'm a sucker. Yeah. For, nobody is a, a bigger sucker for a dog than me. I'm not stealing a dog. Right. Well, and I wonder if they're stealing it to have or if they're stealing it to sell, which is probably more likely they're going to turn some money with it. Well, yeah, but I mean, nowadays, uh, the dogs have chips and, you know, got all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, I, I take it back. It, it was not a uh, uh, Manchester man was arrested. Thank you. Um, some woman had her Rottweiler puppy taken from her third floor porch on Orange Street. Yeah. Wow. Some 20-year-old was arrested uh, in connection with the alleged theft. She saw an unknown man snooping around the property, went to check on her dog, saw him running downstairs. Um, right off your own porch. Yeah. I mean. Dog was found unharmed on Union Street okay. in Manchester. It's like, uh, why? I, yeah. You're going on a third floor walk-up yeah, to steal a pup? <laughs> It's, a, it's not even because I was picturing like from a parking lot yeah, or something, but you've got to go. Yeah, no, that's, just, that's not not a quick escape either. I mean, I, you know, we were talking about this before we went on the air. We've all been broke. Sure. You know, sure. Our credit ratings have all been less than stellar. Sure. We have had to rob Peter to pay Paul, you know, do that whole thing. Yep. Um, and, and But it never entered my mind. That I'm gonna, I'm gonna go steal a dog yes. to make a few bucks. Yep. I'm gonna steal a tip jar. Right. That's just gonna put me deeper in the hole. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, for the for the three minutes you feel like I'm on top of the world, mm-hmm. it's not gonna be worth right. it. Right. Right. Yep. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, yeah. Have I been down and out? Sure. Mm-hmm. We we've all yeah. been there. Yeah. You know, the spam, the rice aroni, the how am I gonna make? You know support payments and mm-hmm. car payments and apartment payments and mm-hmm. i got to do a little Where's shell game yeah, yeah yeah how yeah, do yeah. i do this and and well wait a minute uh, i get paid on friday so if i write the check and mail it on tuesday it won't get processed until saturday okay i can mm-hmm. i think they call that kiting yeah. uh but <laughs> which is also very yeah, yeah i know but now you really can't do it no what well yeah. people try they, they try anything but you but go yeah. to some places there's they put the check through right there. Oh, right away. Like, yeah, ah! not gonna, it's not going to happen. Oh, damn. Well, you know, I got sucked into this show. It's called I Almost Got Away With It. Yeah. And I was watching one last night, and it was the guy fell on hard times. He injured himself so he couldn't work. He needed to support his his family, and he figures the only way left is to rob a bank. So he goes and he robs a bank. Okay. And from the minute he does it, he is sweating bullets in the parking lot because he had no criminal history before that. And he is just a mess for days and days and days looking over his shoulder, thinking everything. I mean, just the the heightened sense of whatever. Of course, he does it three more times after he got through that and eventually got caught and ruined his life. And yeah, now he's got a criminal record. And I mean, it never, never works out, uh, obviously. But it it just it's crazy. The things... Like you said, people fall on hard times, and there were a lot of. This was in two thousand eight that this guy yeah. had this happen. A lot of people had things happen in two thousand eight, yeah, yeah. um, but you don't resort to no. breaking the law the one and that, compounding your problems. The ones I love are the guys who write the uh, 
This is a hold-up note on the back of their deposit slip yeah, yes, with their yeah. account number and their address. Yes. It's like, seriously? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. genius. Bank robbery is not your game. No. Okay? Not so much. Oh, wow. I, I Wow. Yeah, oh. I know. Yep. No, I don't see it. I just don't see it. So, anyway, so now this 20-year-old yep. stole a puppy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's you know, going to be something. Yeah. Uh, makes no sense. Yeah. Don't get it. 8.59 is the time. We're going to uh, do news. We are. Going to come back on the other side, talk to UNH, uh, School of Agriculture. And we'll do other stuff, too. Take it away, guys. Traveled here and there I've learned that a bottle of brandy and a song The only ones who ever care Poor boy, the only ones who ever care And I don't give a damn about a greenback a dollar Spend it fast as I can For a wailing song and a good guitar The only things that I understand Poor boy the only things that I understand Some people say I'm a no-count Others say I'm no good But I'm just a natural-born traveling man Doing what I think I should Oh yeah, doing what I think I should And I don't give a damn about a greenback a dollar. That's me. I don't care about money. You know that. I don't. No. Give me a song. Give me a song, man. I'm happy. You know? (laughs) People that put money ahead of other things, uh, I'm sorry. That's that's a little short-sighted. You go through life and you're shortchanging yourself, I think. But that's, you know, um, how many times have I been in life, got a full tank of gas, Hot coffee and a pack of butts. Life is good. <laughs> there you go. Life yep, is good. That you is know, the recipe. If yep. that's as good as it gets, I'm all right. <laughs> you know? But people don't want to settle for that. 
Yeah. Uh, they want more. Yeah. They want more. Yeah. You spend so much time getting that more, you lose track of how you got there. But yeah, you don't look around and no. appreciate what you've got and yeah. the how whole good you've got. Stop and it. smell the roses. Yeah, you know? exactly. But there's some truth to that. Sure. I, th- I think there sure is. Sure, there is. You know, I mean, do I want a bigger truck, bigger car, bigger <laughs> house? Then you get it. When do you stop getting off the gerbil wheel? Yeah, you, you know? stop the striving and enjoy yeah. it. Yep. Well, you got to kick back and enjoy it. Sure. If this is as good as it gets, I'm okay. There you there go. There you go. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not surrendering. You're not giving up. You're enjoying what you work for. Right. Yes. But some people don't know how to put it in neutral. No. I don't, I don't get that. But wait, whatever. Uh, Americans still in shock over jaw-dropping rising gas prices. Few proposals floating around Congress about giving relief to drivers. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday, Los Angeles became the first major city in the U.S. to reach an average gas price of $6 or more a gallon. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Um, the national average gas price uh, began to decline on March 10th after it went to 4.35. Now, one proposal comes from uh, Mike Thompson of California, John Larson of Connecticut, and Lauren Underwood of Illinois. That would Americans would get a hundred dollar a month energy rebate check. Yeah, I know. Um, the gas rebate act of 2022, you would get a check of a hundred dollars per month and a hundred dollars for each dependent for the rest of 2022 in any month where the national average gas price exceeds four dollars per gallon. Okay, um, I don't know. Um, apparently, uh, Representative Peter DeFazio of Oregon has proposed the Stop Gas Price Gouging Tax and Rebate Act. It would create a windfall profits tax on excessive corporate profits and return the revenue to American consumers in the form of a tax rebate. Under his proposals, companies will pay a one-time 50% windfall profit tax on any adjustable tax income that exceeds 110% of their average ATI during pre-pandemic levels. Okay, I don't know how much that would be. Uh, in California, state lawmakers announced a $400 gas rebate proposal for every taxpayer. Uh, that proposal will use $9 billion of the state's budget surplus to provide the rebate. So, I don't know. Um, Governor Ned Lamont of Connecticut has called for a holiday from the state's $0.25 cent per gallon tax gas, uh, gas, tax, gas tax starting as soon as possible, lasting through the end of June. Other lawmakers say it's political theater. They're looking for ways to give people a financial break. So I don't know. Uh, But uh, Governor Janet Mills of Maine has proposed increasing the state's relief checks for residents to $850 in the face of inflation and rising oil and gas prices. So uh, gas price stimulus checks proposals, got a bunch of them heading to Congress. So will you and I be getting checks for $400? I don't know, maybe $100? I don't know don't know but just be advised somebody's out there promising you here it is free money <laughs> be scared when you hear free money that's all i'm saying Nine twelve. taking a break back with more after this
Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, or is it Tom Petty, one of the traveling Wilburys? Mm. Ah, won't back down. 9.17 is the time, and it's our pleasure to uh, welcome in this morning the Associate Dean of the UNH College for Life Sciences and Agriculture, and also the Director of the New Hampshire Agricultural Experiment Station. Wow. Anton, is that two business cards, or is that just one? It's uh, one business card, but about 200% of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anton Beckerman is with us this morning. Yeah, that's a, that's a mouthful. Uh, wow. Uh, now, are those two uh, disciplines exclusive, or is there commingling there? You know that there is uh, commingling, Peter, and and thank you for having me on this morning. It's uh, I've I've listened to the program in the past, and it's it's great to to join uh, you this morning. You know the the New Hampshire Ag Experiment Station. I'll talk about it in a little bit. It falls within the college, and it's a unit that complements what the college does. The college really focuses on academic programs, developing new workforce, new scientists uh, for for New Hampshire and our region, and. Uh, the New Hampshire Ag Experiment Station helps uh, provide the research that then those teachers, those instructors, uh, those faculty members can bring into the classroom to teach those innovative methods to the workforce of tomorrow. So do you need that to, to, to fulfill your obligations as like a land-grant college? Absolutely. You, you know, when, when land-grant colleges were uh, instituted back in the 1800s, there was this idea that Man, all we have are universities that target the very elite, and we have such a large population of agricultural producers in, in the country and really no higher education uh, ability for, for, for them to, to go out and get that, that, get that degree. And so the land-grant uh, college mission is, hey, let's put at least one university in every state to educate the daughters and sons of those farmers so that they can bring in that technology, that innovation back into their communities to make all of us better because we all eat food and we all depend on food. Oh, absolutely. But, but um, you know, there, there was a time, let's go back to the 19th century, early 20th century, when we were primarily an agrarian society. I can understand that, uh, you know, we want the kids to learn, to, to, to be better farmers. But, but then we move to manufacturing and tech and blah, blah, blah. Uh, ha, have you seen a resurgence of people wanting to get back into agriculture and then give back to the land? You know, I've always, uh, when I've taught classes, I've always told my students that we really need to think about farming as an evolution, right? Going back and being a farmer, that's really important. You're on the ground. You are producing that food that's going to feed our nation, our world. But uh, being a farmer is a little bit different in the 21st century. It's it's providing those services. It's it's helping uh Get that machinery, get that, go, get those robotics to work in a way that can produce food, not only more food, but better quality food and produce it with lower inputs and higher consistency so that we don't go through periods when there's not enough food. We don't go through periods when food prices are so high that you don't have anything else left to spend on going to the movies or enjoying life, other aspects of life. And so uh, to me, the, the 21st century agricultural industry is this really complex and dynamic sector where we need to have 
some of the most innovative people work in that sector to make sure that all of us can eat and eat well. No, ab- absolutely. I mean, the days of, okay, um, you know, rotate the crops, uh, fertilize, plant, uh, seed, water, stuff grows. Okay, that's about as basic as you get. But now, okay, let's talk whatever you want to call it, climate change or whatever. Um, we're not getting the the protracted winters we used to have. We're not getting as much precipitation as we used to have. Obviously, that's going to take a different type of tilling, a different type of crop, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that, I would think, would move you to cutting edge. That's right. That's right. And, and that's really where the New Hampshire Ag Experiment Station comes in. Now, maybe some of your listeners, maybe many of your listeners have been down to Durham. And when you get into Durham near the university, you're probably noticing the dairy and the fields. And maybe you've visited one of our horticultural farms. But the Ag and those are part of the station. But really, to me, the Ag Experiment Station is, is much more. It's, it's one of the state's longest-running public research and development hubs for ag, food, and natural resource issues. And our goal is to take those public funds that the federal government and the state taxpayers so kindly provide to us and invest and strategically steward those investments into ideas, and really good ideas, which help answer questions that, well, don't have answers yet. And our scientists, uh, you know, they, they identify and work on solutions to challenges that are maybe already hampering our economic and societal well-being, but also they think about questions like, hey, how will New Hampshire and our region and the world respond to challenges that are 5, 10, 25, 50 years away? And when those issues become salient in 5, 10, 25, 50 years, it's that research from the Ag Experiment Station that is going to provide that science-based guidance of how to overcome those challenges. So whether it's climate change evolution, whether it's you know economic disruptions, whether it's something that is happening right now with the war in Ukraine and how that's going to change global dynamics and and uh, you know how we interact with with other countries, those are the kind of questions that our scientists think about. And that's really the essence of the work. It's we we as a station, we as this research hub provide the opportunity for really, really smart world class scientists here at UNH to take on those really high stakes issues and, and develop research based solutions that are gonna benefit us all. Now I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, um uh, because you're an associate dean. That's within your purview to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, a few years ago, I spoke with Becky Seidman, uh, who did some work at the experimental station. If I remember correctly, she was one of the people who developed the Ramblin' Rose, the uh, new variety of cherry tomatoes. Yeah, Becky is uh, she, she's a superstar. Um, she has her fingers in so many research projects and um, one of the things that she's really focusing on is that very highly applied uh, management and, and developing those best practices that our producers uh, take on. And I have been around the state a little bit, and I've talked to farmers, and boy, Becky's name comes up a lot around the state saying, hey, her research has really impacted how I do things on my farm. And, you know, right now she's working on some really cool projects, uh, thinking about, hey, can we, instead of importing grapes 
from California and spending a whole bunch more money on them and then, you know, trucking them over and potentially a bunch of grapes getting spoiled if the refrigeration is not just right. She's working on some really cool uh, seedless grape varieties that could be grown here in our northern climate. Um, she's also working on figs, which are absolutely delicious and, and could really expand the portfolio of what our farmers can can produce and increase the value added that they get from um from, from what they sell in the marketplace. So, yeah, absolutely. Be- Becky, uh, Becky's project evolve, uh, evolves uh, really quite rapidly because she is one of those scientists who takes on uh, those issues that are going to be important maybe in two, three, or maybe they're already important. Um, and, and she's the one who tackles those, those really applied production questions. Well, I think it's kind of cool that if, if you see uh, the Ramblin' Rose cherry tomato, it it started in New Hampshire. That's right. That's right. And and I think uh, you know the New Hampshire Ag Experiment Station supports a lot of those plant breeding efforts, and we have for many many years. Yeah. Uh, back in the forties and fifties, we used to be the top lilac breeding program in the country. Um, so a lot of the lilacs that are grown around the United States uh, probably have their roots here. In New Hampshire, um, you know, for 50 years we've had some of the top and, and continue to have the top cucurbit program. And for, for those who don't know cucurbits, those are things like pumpkins and squashes and melons, watermelons, um, and so those. Uh, a lot of the squashes and pumpkins that you see around New Hampshire and around the region and really around the the country and the world, um, they originated here at your land grant university, right here in New Hampshire. See, I love that. I think that's yeah. cool. That's the, that's the thing that people, uh, they may not understand exactly the dynamics going into, but they see the outcome going, that started in New Hampshire. They take ownership of that. That's right. That's right. And, and I think what a lot of... Uh what my message is that, boy, these efforts take can take a long time, and and these efforts are sometimes risk. Uh, the, they're they're risky because you don't know what you're going to get, and a lot of private businesses and and you know, I I don't blame uh, farmers for not taking on some of those risks that may take ten fifteen years to actually pay off yeah. at some point, yeah. um, and, that, and that's where we come in. Uh, that, that's where we come in as as a as the ag experiment station. We invest in those ideas and we take those risks and say, hey, yeah, maybe in a year or two of your research, you'll find out that maybe that wasn't such a good risk and uh, you can communicate that information to farmers. But maybe in five to 10 years, you'll find out that this could be groundbreaking and it can make a huge difference to all of the people of New Hampshire. And we're the first ones to invest into that risk to help and and to say hey is this a good idea or maybe maybe not Hmm. i get it um should i be talking to becky i mean sounds like she's going to be taking your job so should i be talking to her for the future boy i don't know i think becky would laugh and say she probably wouldn't want my job um you know becky is becky is one of 50 uh researchers who are 
working on projects as part of the New Hampshire Ag Experimentation. We have such great people. I'll, I'll tell you another group of scientists um, that are looking at protected agriculture, and this includes disciplines from agroecologists to crop management experts to, you know, integrated pest management specialists, plant pathologists, and even social scientists. I'm an, I'm an economist, ag economist by trade, so, you know, I have a, a soft uh, spot in my heart for social scientists. And, you know, this group is working on developing these ideas and research that could enable ag producers to better manage and extend the production season of their crops. And whether it's through identifying management practices for helping crops overwinter better or understanding how pests and diseases can be cost-effectively overcome in high tunnels or, or even learning about how structures such as high tunnels can help farmers better manage production and market risk uh, and help consumers enjoy locally produced food during more months of the year. Well, one of the things that, you know, I, I went to uh, grad school, uh, I got my Ph.D. at North Carolina State University, and down there I remember grilling in January on my porch. And uh, here the production season is not quite as long, and boy, wouldn't it be great if we could have that, uh, th- those tomatoes that Becky has worked on uh, be available in November and December instead of them ending in, say, September um, or even earlier. So, uh, you know, we have such uh, a great group of, of people working on that protected agriculture idea that um, that has always been a strength of, of the Ag Experiment Station. We have another group, uh, if, if you don't mind me telling you about, you know, they're looking into the the foundations of what it takes to produce food. They're looking at the soil, and they're looking at the microbes that are in the soil, and that's a rapidly growing field, and we have uh, three or four researchers who are just really in-depth in, in, in that topic. You know, they're, they're thinking about things that could redefine how agricultural producers should be approaching how they apply fertilizer and how they decide on that. And they're looking at the fundamentals of nitrogen and how that goes through the soil and how those microbes that for the longest time we've thought about, hey, microbes in the soil, that doesn't make sense. We should probably eliminate those. Well, now they're, they're flipping that on its head and saying, wait a second, microbes can actually be really good. We could end up using less fertilizer. We could produce crops for longer periods. We can make crops even better and healthier. And and not only crops. Uh, We have folks who are working on soil compositions for forested lands. How can we get those uh, timber stands to recover more quickly and have the ecosystems and the ecosystem services that depend on those lands uh, not disappear or not be damaged. Um, And so a lot of that is happening in in a way that maybe people don't think of, of soil as being a sexy topic, but Boy, it's super important, and it's 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 the ground. It's the foundation to yep. all the things that we produce. No, absolutely. You know, this is why I love talking to you, Anton, because you <laughs> no, you got passion. Okay, you not only walk the walk, you talk the talk. You got your PhD where North Carolina State University, which happens to be a public land grant research university. That's right. Hello. That's right. So I mean, you know, you didn't just stumble into this. There was a plan, and I respect you for that. I mean, graduated from the red and white, so you're you're there. You're, you're okay. And you-, you know, I can't. I, I can't imagine not being at a land grant university anymore. It's. It's. Uh, there's something special about it. It's. It's the mission of providing an education for uh, those who may not have been able to get an education elsewhere, and um, and developing 
practical solutions for that, that will benefit everyone. I mean, we consider every single person in New Hampshire our stakeholder because everyone eats and everyone enjoys the outdoors. Yep. And that those are our stakeholders. That's it. Anton Beckerman, Associate Dean, UNH College of Life Sciences and Ag, or COLSA, and the director of the New Hampshire Agricultural Experimental Station. Uh, you, you got the number, Anton. Call anytime. Man, we love hearing from you. Hey, th- thanks so much, Peter. It's, uh, it's been great to chat with you this morning. We'll, we'll do it again, I promise. All right. Sounds great. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. 933. Well, you got an education this morning. Absolutely. Three credits. You didn't have to pay anything. I love it. Hello? I love it. Ch- change your I'm resume. Putting that on my, oh, I'm doing that All now. Right. We'll be back right after this. Turn the quiet up. Turn the noise down. Let this old world just spin around. I want to feel it sway, want to feel it sway Put some feel good in my soul Drag a little drink, smoke a little smoke Want a little more right and a little less left A little more right now, a little Eric less Church, next. drink a little drink, smoke a little smoke Just enjoy life that's it. Like, go fishing. Huh? Like the Tackle Shack in New Hampshire. Two locations, one face. Well, I could say he's two-faced, but I like the guy, so I won't <laughs> say that. Um, from the Tackle Shack in Newberry and the Tackle Shack in Meredith, Dale Sandy is with us. How are you, Dale? Good morning. How, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. You didn't say two phases, Tammy no. and myself. <laughs> I didn't right? say that. I said I mean, two, ta- two Tackle Shacks, one face. I said, I could say he's two-faced, but I like the guy, so I won't say that. (laughs) But there's two faces here, though. There's Tammy and myself. Oh, and, gee, we can tell the difference. We can tell the (laughs) difference. She's angelic. You're the one with the horns and the pitchfork. We get that. Wow. Wow. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) No, we like Tammy. (laughs) This is the standard welcome for our guests. Yes. Wow. It really is. Yes, yeah. Bam. So so where are you today? Are you in Meredith or are you in the Newberry store? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm, load, I'm currently loading up bait in, in Newberry and heading up to Meredith. Oh, okay. All right. So the so, answer is yes. Uh, so a week from tomorrow, we've got opening day of salmon yeah. fishing. Yeah. Now, yeah. is there anybody still ice fishing? Um, not really. Yeah. It's, it's it's tough. There's a couple of spots in Winnie. Um, they can still get on the northern protected shores. Um, they can still get on, and there's a few um, that will go out. And Oof. you know, I mean, the ice on the lake, you know, out, out on the lake is is still you know, you know ten twelve inches. Wow. Um, it's just it's just uh, along the shoreline. Everything's yeah. breaking up and you know and, and pulling away along the shoreline. Um, most of now, I'm going to say this, and then I'll be corrected, but I think most of Sunapee is pretty well pulled away um, too far to be really considered safe to go. I think there was one person told me he's up in Herrick Cove, and, you know, he's still able to get out onto right off his dock there um, onto the ice, but that's that's not going to last too long. So it's getting down there, which is, you know, I mean, it's that time of year. It's ready, uh, ready for, uh, you know, let's get ready for salmon season. 
And are people coming into the stores, either location, getting ready for open water? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 We're doing a lot of, um, I mean, right now, of course, you know, initially, the, uh, you know, the, the really, and I think the best, it was the first salmon I ever caught was right at ice out, um, you know, uh, trolling, uh, trolling a great ghost, yeah. you know. Um, they just, uh, the salmon are shallow, they're along the shorelines, uh, they're feeding. Everything seems to be feeding right now. Everything's really going on to, uh, uh, you know, a good feed right now. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can remember uh, one of the first salmon I caught was uh, Weir's Beach uh, on the channel. Yeah, oh, going, no way. Going, going right under the bridge at, at Weir's. Yeah. Uh, I had a yep. broken back uh, Rapala minnow. And I was just casting oh. out, and it was going under the bridge, and I, bang, yep. got a nice keeper right there. Nice. Yeah, we were right off of, off of uh, uh, Guilford, right off of Guilford. Yep. And we were coming out of Guilford. I was. I bet you I beat you on age, though. Yeah, probably. I was. I was. I was five, and I have a picture to prove it. Oh wow! So, no, no. Yeah. I, I, 19, I would t- Nineteen-inch salmon. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Uh, yeah, I yeah, always. Yeah. I always did well. Um, 20-mile bay, 19-mile bay, uh, up Tuftonboro, off of 109, and uh, by Governor's Island. Yep. And and that run, you just said, the run down by Weir's, too, has always seemed to, right along that shoreline, along that, from Meredith down to Weir's, seems to do pretty well, too, yeah. But the early, and that's the thing, but, you know, but the big news this year is um, no smell, live smell, anyway. So they they've shut right off up in Maine, um, where you know you call them and they won't even. They're like, nope, and they don't even. There's like not trying, not. It's just shutting right down for smelt. Um, we don't know why, what's going on, but really? it's just, uh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a, a a no smelt year this year. Do we have any idea? Uh, are the stuff. smelt is the smelt population in Sunapee and Winnie naturally still good? Yes. Yes, okay. natural sugar, but you can't, you can't, you know, you can't harvest those for, right. you know, for, for trolling or bait and all that. You can catch them one at a time, but they're not in, they never came in shallow um, in either lake, as far as I'm aware. I didn't hear of any of them coming in shallow uh, to, like, fish them, you know, uh, more readily. Like, it's, it's easier to do it when they're in three to five feet of water than when they're in 30, you know. And um, they just never came in shallow in either lake. But the, but the population is huge. Um, yeah. There's a big population. The fish are healthy. The fish are, you know, very big, uh, or, you know, very big as far as fat goes, you know, um, and healthy looking. It's just a matter of they're not coming in shallow, and we just can't get the the bulk of the smelt down from from Maine, really, as a Maine huh. supplier. Um, and they just they had a really tough time all year. Um, we had smelt through the Derby and things like that, but they they struggled getting it. Um, they're, they're doing a lot more traveling. The smelt weren't as big as they used to be. They were kind of small, and it's been, uh, been a challenge. So I'm encouraging people to, you know, venture out and try. There's other things that work. Yeah. Um, you know, the streamers, those tandem streamers, the, I mean, my favorite's always been the Great Ghost, but yep. there is several other patterns that, rep- you know, represent a um, Well, a Joe's smelt, Joe's smelt really well. the Winnipesaukee Joe's smelt. smelt. Yeah. Sunapee smelt, yep. I mean, any of pearl smelt, I mean, any of those, uh, you know, do a great job. And, and you know, 
can the fish really tell the difference? You know, I'm not, I'm not so certain. And, and the beauty of it is, too, you know, people say, well, I'm not a fly fisherman, but you can take uh, a streamer on a regular casting rod, put a weight, you know, a small split shot up about three or four feet, cast it out to the ice, you know, edge, and then just what I do is put the tip right next to the water and just crank it as fast as you can because they want to chase it anyway. The salmon don't want, you know, the easy meal like Lakers do. Right. Right. They like to chase it when you're, I mean, we're trolling, we're doing, you know, mile and a half, two miles an hour. So you, when you, you know, do it, I cast it right out to the, you don't have to be a fly fisherman. You know, you can cast it right out to the edge of the ice, put the tip right next to the water and just crank it as fast as you can. And boy, they, if they're there, they're going to hit it. Or you can put a drop yeah. line, you can put, you know, on, on uh-huh. your, you could do yep. a Musalak wobbler and then yep. uh, up, yep. up, uh, put a six feet of line on with a streamer yep. so you're casting that yep. and you've got two two uh, choices you know for the for right the... right exactly yeah 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 i know i've and i i haven't done it myself but i know several people have, have done really well with the wonder bread pattern on moose look yep yep um there's a wonder bread pattern with salmon yep which really surprises me but i mean um it doesn't look like a bait fish that i've seen but um well, it, it works well and you know, for whatever of, reason and a lot of people and, and me included um i am not really good at sewing on a smelt uh it takes you've got to do this really well so it looks <laughs> real because if you yeah. don't all it does is a death spiral um, exactly, and it, it looks, bunches it, up. It bunches up and does a death. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it looks terrible. And so I yeah, realized, uh, you know, I would sit there and drop it next to the boat, and I'm trying to get my trolling yep. speed right, and I'm just watching this yep. death spiral, and I'm going, "Well, that was money <laughs> not well spent." So then I just go back to streamers or hardware. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, it's true. And and the nice thing too, um, talking about the the spiral, too, and a slow death spiral is okay. It's just that that. You know, when it's a U shape, that's obviously not good. Right. But um, there's a there's a new one too that we have. A local guy started making two years ago. Um, Paul Benoit, he started making a, uh, a, a a smelt pattern type fly that you can actually there's a wire in it that you can actually bend a little bit, and you drop it beside the boat and you get that nice slow mm. roll. You know, not the not the fast one, right, the right. slow one. That one has done really well last year. We we sold a ton of those last year. And people were doing well with those, yeah. Do you yep. think, uh, and I know you have to look in your crystal ball, but you've got the Winnie, <laughs> you've got the Winnie Derby coming up uh, May, what, 13th, 14th, yeah. somewhere around 13th, there. Yeah. Do you think you'd have smelt yeah. for the Derby? No. They've shut off for the season. I okay. mean, when okay. you call up there, they're like, we're done. Oh, Where wow. We pull our nets, they're done. They're just, there's just nothing there. Okay, yeah. so if you're going to so, be I mean, in the Winnie Derby, plan accordingly. Plan accordingly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, and let me tell you, the, a lot of the live target stuff that's coming out, um, it's an exact replica of of the smelt and stuff, and they and they work. Um, you know, the live target makes a great, uh, you know, hard bait kind of thing uh, that looks just like a smelt. You got your streamer, so plan accordingly. Yeah. So, yeah, so would, absolutely. Would a um, would a Winnipesaukee smelt? Uh, obviously, it works well in Winnipesaukee. Would it work just as well in Sunapee, or or the, yeah. are the fish yeah, smart? No, no, the smell. Well, and you look at the two, you look at the smelt. They're the same species. They're a rainbow smelt. Okay, you know they. You take a smelt out of. I challenge you to take a smelt out of 
win a Pasaki and a smelt out of Sunapee and tell which one's which. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, they're the same fish. Uh, they, there might be some different sizes maybe, but they're the same. You know, they're the same fish. So to take one from one, it really, I, I think a, a lot of it just depends on the color and the depth. Um, you know, initially, and you just, yeah, I mean, some of them, the Winnie smelt has that purple tail on it, and for some reason, there is a, like, on the side of a smelt, there is a kind of a purplish streak, you know, small streak yeah. going down the side, and I think that's one reason why, you know, it works well, and it'll work well anywhere. See, you know? this is why yeah. you have to go to the Tackle Shack, either in Newbury or <laughs> Meredith, because Dale is telling you the real deal. He obviously isn't a good fisherman because he doesn't know how to lie. He should tell you that, no, you need to buy one species for Sunapee, one species for Winnipesaukee. But no, he's not doing that. The, the, the best phone call I ever get is when I suggest a few things and they're in the, they're out on the water and they call back saying, we just picked, and they're sending me pictures. I mean, that, that makes my day. I hear you. You know, when, when, when they grab, when they're able to go out after we suggest the stuff and, and call back with that, that's... That's why I do what I do. I'm just saying, yeah. I hear Tammy's influence on you. You're not listening to me anymore. <laughs> we got to talk, brother. <laughs> All right, you got it. All right, stay well, my friend. We'll talk soon. Thank you, guys. Take care. Have Thanks, Dale. Day. See ya. All right, bye. The, the Tackle Shack in Newberry, uh, Route 103, can't miss it, and uh, and Meredith uh, in the uh, Hannaford Shopping Plaza uh, on Route 25, Unit C, as you're uh, coming down the hill. Meredith Hill, and you bang right on to uh, 25, uh, get up around the corner, and you'll see the Tackle Shack on your left in there. Stop in, see Dale, Tammy, the crew. Um, but, um, yeah, open water fishing just around the corner. Go, go check them out. 9.50 is the time. Going to take a break. One more break, and we'll be back. When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you. If I get drunk, well, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who gets drunk next to you. And if I heave up, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's heavering to you. But I will walk I feel like I should be wearing my kilt. <laughs> the Proclaimers. Oh, yeah. 500 miles from Scotland. Aww, I knew you'd love like that. it. Yeah, I do. I That's I one of my faves. Uh, looking at Wall Street right now, uh, Dow Futures up 129 points. S&P 500 up 22. NASDAQ up 60. Uh, gold up $14.90. Oil down a dollar thirty-three a barrel. Yay! This is all like good that. news. Keep That's going. All, good. all right. And I surprise you. Breaking news. As of four minutes ago, yeah. uh, the Fed's uh, the Fed's one of the guys on the Federal Reserve sees six more twenty-five basis points rate hikes this year, and three in twenty twenty-three to try to cap inflation. Mm. So 
six more of those 25 basis points up. I'm like, whoa, wow. That's the stuff Wall Street wants to see. Okay. Kind of check inflation. Now, again, it's going to cost you and me more for borrowing, Mm. but uh, we might make a little bit more in saving, you know. So, uh, but do you want to pay a little bit more or do you want to lose more through inflation? Right. Okay. It's so there, go there's one way or another. So Wall yeah. Street doesn't look at today; they look at down the road, and when they see the Fed saying, "Yeah, we're looking at six more twenty-five basis point rate hikes this year and three, okay, so there's nine more of these rate hikes. So it's no more pie in the sky. It's this is what we're seeing. Wall Street likes to be finite. They want to see this. So that's why you're seeing the rates all looking good and oil dropping. Yay! That's a great combo. That is okay. So, um, well, this was a fun week. It was a fun week. We learned a lot, as usual. Yeah, we try. If we don't learn, we make it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and deliver it with confidence. Well, you do. Yes. If, if we don't like sound like we're reports. believing it, why would we expect you <laughs> yeah, to believe it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask us. And then when you sit there and go, we believed it, you sounded like you meant it. Like, it's yeah. our job. <laughs> exactly. What were you thinking? <laughs> yeah. I know we're mm. usually pretty honest. Her, her more than me. Yeah. But, Amen. Yeah. If, if you don't hear Jeannie saying anything, be very, very afraid. Yes, yes. <laughs> but anyway, our little Jeannie is leaving us. Yes. Yeah. Temporarily. Is that for sure? <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's very tempting, oh, but yeah. yeah. I know. All right, all right. Yeah. So she's going to be out for a few days. Yeah. Um, having fun. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. But you're going to worry about us. I will. I will be constantly. The only thing that's going to help me not worry is, of course, I'll be listening to the show. So don't throw me under the bus. Don't deliver any slams thinking I can't hear it. I can hear you. I'm calling in sick. Yeah, that's what I figured. My mother said, if I can't say anything good yeah. about somebody, don't say don't anything say at all. Don't say it at all. All right. It'll be a very quiet so show. So Matt will be in here next week months. by himself. Uh <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doing the show all by himself. But she will be coming back. So I will. Have, have a great time. We'll miss you. Thank you. I'll miss you guys all too, right. and I'll see you at the end of next week. You got it. <laughs>